Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. His name is Dr. Robert Duff. He's a psychologist in Southern California. I've recognized that it's so easy to actually get something out there. You know, you put up a Word document online and it's a book the next day. And I didn't really feel like playing by the rules of a, of a traditional publisher. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? Since I've you know had a lot of success with my books, I've been approached by a lot of traditional publishers, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, the conversations usually go, you know, make me an offer I can't refuse or I'm pretty good as, as it stands. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and joining me via Skype is your other host, Fred Keating. Fred is actually in Vancouver, Canada today, while I'm on the other side of the Rocky Mountains, and we have a special guest from Southern California. Fred, tell us about your guest. His name is Dr. Robert Duff. He's a psychologist in Southern California. As you mentioned, I became familiar with him via his website, and Robert Duff has been doing what we've talked about doing, which is starting with his passion and moving into the business side as opposed to meeting one-on-one with people he can help as a psychologist, getting his message out to a much broader audience via all sorts of digital media and traditional media as well. So without giving the game away, I just want to say, Welcome to Robert, and thanks for joining us from Sunny Climbs. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Certainly. We're happy to have you here, Robert. You know, one of the things that I've always wondered, and you know, this is a great opportunity to learn, is what's the difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist? Yeah, it's confusing. We like to, there's so many terms, psychologist, psychiatrist, therapist, counselor, neurologist, neuropsychologist, that, you know, it goes on and on. But basically, at least, you know, here in the, the continental U.S., psychologist is somebody with a doctoral degree in psychology and they practice therapy or they teach or they do research. And a psychiatrist is a medical doctor, somebody who went through medical school and then specializes in prescribing medications for psychological issues. So the psychologist is is what I do. Psychiatrist is the medical doctor part. Okay, fantastic. Thanks for clearing that up. Now, you're also an author. Tell us the backstory of how you got into writing. I was in the middle of my program. So I recently graduated with my doctorate in clinical psychology. It's a five year program. And throughout my entire program, I felt a little stifled by academia and, you know, kind of the pressure to write things that were very long and very verbose, in my opinion, for not much reason. I liked blogging or thinking about things in a more simple sort of way. And the whole idea to write a book really came up from a conversation that I had with my wife because she had a workbook that was very thick and very densely written. And I was looking through it and thinking, you know, I have a PhD in this and I I can hardly get through this. So when I talk to my own patients in therapy or when I talk to my friends about these issues, I talk about it in straightforward, easy to understand, you know, I call it dude language. And she's like, well, you should write a book like that. And then I thought, okay, why not? (laughs) So you did write the book. And I understand that you chose self-publishing versus the traditional kind of publishing. Why is that? You know, mostly because I've recognized that it's so easy to actually get something out there. And I didn't really feel like playing by the rules of of a traditional publisher. I felt like I could do what I wanted to do more accurately just by playing my own rules. Did you actually try pitching it to publishers? Uh, No, I I had no intent to. And since I've, you know, had a lot of success with my books, I've been approached by a lot of traditional publishers, but 
you know, as far as I'm concerned, the conversations usually go, you know, make me an offer I can't refuse or I'm pretty good as, as it stands. How did you go about marketing your book and how did you go about achieving that kind of success? It was a slow roll, but not as slow as I've heard from some other self-published authors. I had an established community of people that followed me through various projects that I've done in the past, be it through like a YouTube channel or my blog or, you know, personal friends, uh, different things like that. And I tried my best to have everybody get really on board right when I launched so that there'd be a nice little spike. And then also Kindle, which is the platform that I published on first, has a really good option to do deals, like a free deal for a week or so. And that really got it into a ton of hands. So when I did the free deal, I sold, well, gave away like a ton of books. And then eventually those people come back and write reviews. At least that's what you want. And, and it did happen that way. So there was a variety of things. And, and as it continued to gain popularity, I would do things like giving away books. Like for instance, when I put out my print book, I would give away copies of that to people who shared it. Different things of that sort, trying to harness social media to propel the book forward. The decision to write the type of book that I did, because it's kind of unique and provocative, that was an in intentional decision so that people would want to share it with people. What's the name of the book again? My brand name is Hardcore Self-Help, and I don't need to say the full titles because they have expletives in them, but it's basically F depression and F anxiety. So obviously it has, you know, asterisks on the front. So it's it looks kind of like the parental advisory logo that you would have on a, on a CD back in the day. So it's, it's a bit more provocative and it's written with, you know, adult language and in simple to understand, but straightforward language. Robert, I wanted to ask again, because you've mentioned a couple of times potential feeling of restriction or stifling, whether it was in, in your academic studies or in fact afterwards in terms of trying to explain things to people. Tell me, was there any editing? Did you seek out after you wrote the copy editing to make it more consistently dude-like? No, actually. So, you know, I, I have two books out now. The first one was the anxiety book. And, and between the two books, there were somewhat different situations because I took the experience of the first one with me into writing the second. But the first book, I, you know, I moved into the apartment that I was living in in August and the book was out in September. So it, it really got turned around really quickly. And it was kind of a continuous process. And that's one of the things that I really like about ebooks, Kindle in particular, is that it's kind of a live format that you can make changes if you notice something that needs editing or something like that. You could change it as you go along. Obviously, you don't want to put out a completely unfinished product, but there's also not that threat of, oh my God, I just printed 10 million copies of this and now they're all incorrect. So no, I didn't do any editing ahead of time except for my own editing. And then I sent it to people that I could trust for feedback on kind of the content. And then as it kept rolling along and garnered success, I didn't put any money into this to start with. But then once money started coming in, I reinvested a bit into editing of it and things like that. So that came later on. But initially, no, I just wrote it kind of from the chest and it shows. The book is pretty short. The first book is actually only 70 or so pages. And every chapter is as long as it needs to be, in my opinion. Some of them are a little bit shorter than others. Some of them are longer. And I wrote as much as I needed to say and nothing more. That was kind of my philosophy with it. But it sounds as if you have generated an ongoing conversation with your readers or your clientele by extension, I guess, in a way that uh, traditional authors, for that matter, traditional book binding could never compete with. You can have more freedom to put things like at the end of the book, I asked for reviews on Amazon. You know, I asked for people to follow me on Twitter. I asked people to email me, tell me what they thought about it, to give me direct feedback. And one of the most meaningful things has been people emailing me saying, you know, I tried these other books. I tried therapy. I tried this or that, but I just didn't have enough energy to do it. And this is the first thing that I, I grabbed and then couldn't put down. And now I think I'm actually going to be able to make some change for myself. So I get a lot of emails like that pretty much every week. And it's, that's really the most meaningful 
meaningful part of it for me. What happens when more and more of your time, as the books become more popular and wider spread, how much time will you have or be willing to donate into keeping up that correspondence that's got to start chewing into your week. You know, that's one of the reasons I, I recently started a, a podcast of my own. It's the Hardcore Self-Help Podcast. And what I do on that show is I go between question and answer episodes and then doing interviews with interesting people. And the reason I do the question and answer episodes is because I do get a lot of direct questions by email and, you know, Twitter, whatever else. And those are things that I actually can't comfortably answer them directly often because they're not my client legally. And so instead, I have this platform that I could have people give me questions and then address more broadly to everybody who's listening. So that's helped out a lot with the kind of direct back and forth. But other than that, you know, I I take a few minutes, you know, every day or, you know, maybe an hour every week and just knock out a bunch of thank yous and, you know, keep it up. You're doing great. I'm proud of you for, for taking these steps. Keep me updated, stuff like that. And it really doesn't take too much time. I think it's just about if it does continue to eat a ton of my time, that'll be something that I might need to think about. But as of right now, it's it's pretty manageable. Now, Robert, you wrote the first book and it was successful. So you wrote the second book. How do you define success? I guess there's a variety of metrics. You know, I mentioned one of them, which is the personal impact on people. That's the most important thing to me. Obviously, I got into this field for a reason, which is to, to help people. And I've been able to do that on a broader scale through these books. So that's one metric of it. And then, you know, the other financially, it's helped out quite a bit. It's really freed me up in, in certain ways. I, I do still practice, you know, therapy, and I do um, kind of psychological assessment and things like that with people every week, you know, in person. But this frees me up to be a little more selective and a little more flexible. I have a newborn son, and I could stay home one day a week with him. And, you know, I can come back if I need to. I can pick and choose what I do clinically as more of a passion and less as a means to make sure that I have food on the table. So that's really an important thing for me. So the money, which translates into flexibility, freedom, and, and a little bit of less worry, for sure. Now, what do you think is a realistic dollar figure for authors to be able to expect on a monthly basis for projects such as this? Oh my gosh, the, the range is so huge. It really depends. And it also depends what approach you're taking. You know, I, we can get into that more later on, but there's different types of royalties you can get from it in terms of what percentage you take, whether it's exclusive rights or not. You know, there's a lot of different things on the back end that determine that, whether you're bundling things, all of that good stuff. It's really hard to throw out a figure. And I, and I, I'm worried about saying what you can expect to do because that's going to really drive people away if they don't get that. A lot of things that I see people posting about, for instance, on the Kindle forums is I put my book out and I haven't sold a million copies. Should I just quit? That sort of thing. For me, it's it's going great. When I first started, the first few months, it was you know a few hundred bucks here, a few hundred bucks there. Now I'm making five thousand plus dollars a month from all the books altogether. You know, it, it's it's a really big range, and it's kind of built up to this point. You know, a hundred bucks, two hundred bucks. 500 bucks, that's great for a lot of people where that's just an extra thing they get to do every month or one thing they don't need to worry about that pays for childcare, whatever the case may be. You know, it's hard to put out a figure, but it's good to strive for something like that. Kindle and iBooks, they take a royalty, correct? Correct. For Kindle, basically, I go through all the Amazon platforms, so I don't have a lot of knowledge about the other ones. But through Kindle, and they push it out to the other places. So for instance, if you get it through iBooks or something like that, it's coming through Kindle. But Kindle has two different royalty programs where one is 70% royalty that you get from your sales, and that's the exclusive one. So basically, Kindle has exclusive rights to the ebook, so you can't also sell it as a PDF on your website. You can't sell it through Nook or any of these other things. They have exclusive rights to it. 
but you get 70% of all the profits, which is a really hefty chunk. The other one, I believe, is, I could be wrong, I think it's 30, 35, something like that, 35%, and that's if it's not exclusive. So in that case, you would be perhaps bundling your book with your course or something like that on your website and selling in other ways. For me, I didn't have an interest in that. I really wanted this to be very, very passive. So I took the higher royalty and that's that's working out quite well for me. Okay, and you actually have these titles published as eBooks, traditional paper books and audiobooks as well, correct? Yeah, I decided to do all three formats. Um, they kind of progressively went along and I did one, then the other, then the other and kind of built up all of them together. But I think having every platform together has been really beneficial because people do want a variety of formats. Well, thanks, Robert. We probably have to wrap up here in a second. But Fred, before we do, anything else? I'm wondering how, in fact, Robert started to put together the pieces that have eventually and essentially led to this current level of success. And so I was hoping we might get a tad more detail in another episode, literally about how he went about and in what sequence he went about getting all these products online. Are you willing to come back and share all of these secrets with us? Yeah, definitely. I think it's important to give a behind-the-curtain sort of look at that. It's not as scary as it seems. Great. We'll look forward to having you back again soon. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.